0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So National Signing Day is tomorrow. Now, if I had my way, it'd be like it was in the old days where the only signing day you had was in February. To me, that seemed to work really well for a long time. I've never been a huge fan of the early signing period. I think at some point in time, we're going to probably change something about the early signing period. It may go away or something along those lines. But if I had the power to do whatever, if I was like sort of the reigning uh, dictator over college football... There'd be one signing day. It'd just be in February. It'd literally be like it used to be. But the point is, that's not quite the way things are now. Obviously, a lot of the hay in the, is already in the barn for Georgia and its 2023 class. But tomorrow is the official conclusion of that. And there's a little bit of interest, a little bit of intrigue out there about whether or not maybe Georgia could add another big piece before it's all said and done. In fact, if you look at a lot of the, the national websites and the national media types as they do their own version of national signing day preview of the big recruiting storylines that 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 kind of factor into what's going to happen on wednesday georgia the reigning national champions as you might imagine is kind of a big factor in what the world's going to be watching for in the world of recruiting for national signing day tomorrow in fact i want to show you a guy named brandon huffman writing for CBSports.com looking at the various national signing day storylines right there near the top of his list. He references the Georgia Bulldogs here and specifically what might happen at the tight end position, specifically with the guy you've heard us talk about before, the five-star tight end Deuce Robinson. Let me read this to you from Huffman here, laying the groundwork for, uh, for, for Georgia to be in the mix tomorrow, big spotlight nationally as it pursues Robinson. Here's what Huffman writes. The team that boasts the Mackey Award winner and Brock Bowers, a California native, is going back to the West Coast in their pursuit of Deuce Robinson, number one tight end in the 2023 class, a talented baseball player, though, who could be drafted in this summer's uh, Major League Baseball draft. Robinson and Georgia have rumored to be the match for weeks as he's set to announce his decision on National Signing Day. That's Brandon Huffman setting the stage for all of this. Uh, at cbsports.com, but the idea that Georgia in the mix for another guy to kind of follow in the footsteps sort of a west coast dude following the footsteps of what obviously Brock Bowers has been able to do a guy like Deuce Robinson being kind of the next in line on all of that so as you might imagine one of the big questions for Georgia on national signing day is can Georgia win with Deuce Robinson but as we get closer to all of this as it turns out That may not be the biggest question facing Robinson here. The big question might not be, hey, is Robinson going to choose Georgia over USC? Is there someone trying to come in here late and close the gap? Because it's kind of been thought that George and Deuce have had a really strong relationship for uh, quite some time. Apparently, if you pay attention a lot of the internet chatter as of late, the real question here is, as Brandon Huffman pointed out, that Robinson also has eyes on this summer and the Major League Baseball draft. And the idea that maybe Robinson could be a first round pick there, sign for a bunch of money, and you know still kind of want to play football, but but but. The yeah you know, kind of looking at the Major League Baseball draft as the first part of it. I guess the thought here is, is if you sign to play college football, your draft value kind of goes down because you become a little bit harder to sign in a situation like that. So the the big question as it relates to Deuce Robinson here right now is not who does he choose on Wednesday, but does Robinson sign with anybody here on what we think of as National Signing Day, that the baseball thing for Robinson is very, very uh, important to him. And this is a very big part of his story Story overall, now this is not a surprise to you if you've been reading the Jeff Centel stories at DogNation.com. A couple of those with Robinson as of late. One of the things that we know from Deuce in his own words is that Georgia actually offered him a baseball scholarship prior to it offering him a football scholarship, and you know many other instances there in which you know Robinson has kind of talked about just how important the baseball part of this is to him. This is a guy that, as he's told Jeff Centel, really wants to play eventually in the NFL and Major League Baseball. I guess it'll be his generation's. Of Version of a Deion Sanders or a Bo Jackson if he's truly able uh to get that done but this is the big mission the big goal that Robinson just sort of speaks about openly and when Jeff Sintel caught up with Robinson a few days ago at one of these all-star games I believe this was the one in San Antonio uh the All-American Bowl when he caught up with him there uh Robinson did make it you know he was asked directly about the idea that, hey, it's kind of hard to do both these at a high level, especially in a place like Georgia, which puts so many demands on its football players. Do you understand how challenging it would be to be, you know, a very high level football and very high level baseball player? Do you understand how challenging that would be? And Robinson was pretty open about that. This is one of those things that takes place in kind of a loud stadium. So there's a little bit of background noise here. But this is Robinson talking about the challenge of playing both football and baseball. This with Jeff Sintel the other day
1: uh i'm i'm ready for the challenge you know i accept that challenge i understand that i'm gonna have to make sacrifices i'm not gonna be able to do a
0: lot of the stuff that that uh, just if i played one sport i'll be able to do but but uh it's been my dream since i was little and i uh, hope I'm, do, I'm willing to do anything to accomplish me. so that is a pretty direct statement there from deuce robinson it's been his dream since he was little to be able to do both sports and here we are one day ahead of national signing day And you certainly get the sense that that is something that, once again, you have to take really seriously. Now, there was another story with Jeff and Robinson the other day at dognation.com where Jeff asked him about the possibility that he might take his recruitment beyond just February. And, you know, Robinson kind of played that coy and kind of – you know uh you know you know didn't necessarily answer directly certainly viewed it as a possibility but didn't have much more to say about it on that so as we sit here a day ahead of national signing day i guess we're left to wonder well just how much of reality is this that obviously georgia loves the idea of adding another tight end that kind of seems to be kind of cut from the brock Bowers mold. A guy that plays that position that could also play wide receiver and a guy that that clearly can become a a matchup nightmare, much the same way that Brock Bowers has for Georgia the past couple of years. But maybe the possibility of baseball looms here. We're we're watching that very, very closely ahead of Robinson on Wednesday. Let me also make one more kind of mention here of the signing day stuff before we uh, move on not the only story that's worth your attention there tomorrow. Another tight end that Georgia's in the mix for there as well, Walker Lyons. We've talked about him. We uh, interviewed Jeff Sintel about this on Friday. It's a guy that I guess by technical definition is a part of the class of 2023, but wouldn't be at Georgia for another year and a half or so because of a mission trip that he would take as a part of his church there. But another big time tight end that Georgia has a chance to win with. We'll find out tomorrow I guess what's happening with Lions and then don't forget this there as well is that Ellis Robinson big time defensive back in the class of 2024 he's also slated to make his announcement tomorrow there too so while you're watching the conclusion of the 2023 class you'll also have an eye on in a lot of ways what is the building momentum for Georgia with its 2024 class with Robinson getting ready to make his announcement but all of that probably the undercard to the decision for Deuce Robinson if it indeed is a decision at all. Is he going to hold out to see how the Major League Baseball draft works out? Does he commit but doesn't sign? Does he commit and sign? Uh, You know, what is Robinson's future? This will be a very interesting day tomorrow as a signing day mystery for all of us maybe gets revealed. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and we are happy to have you with us no matter how you get to us live on video. We start at 945 on our first and 15, dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. Special thank you for those of you who've kind of made that platform a really fun one for us. You can get all of that there uh, with our friends at dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. A little extra Extra content we do for each and every morning at 9:45. We appreciate you being a part of that. Then for everybody on video, our all skate at 10 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch. And of course, no matter how you choose to watch some video, we appreciate that. Or if you listen to the radio, Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref every day at noon. And the platform on which we started on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, every plat- podcast platform that's out there. I believe we're pretty much on them. We just do our part to try to make our show as accessible as possible. And we certainly appreciate all of you who watch, listen, tune in however you want to. We just really appreciate all of that. And a big thanks to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia who make it all possible. Listen, they're proud partners of UGA. It's always fun to do business with those who support the dogs. But also, they're a great name to know. If you're a homeowner and you're dealing with the challenge of waterproofing or, or foundation issues, well, our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia, great resource there on all of that. We've had a lot of rain as of late. And that rain for you may be kind of the thing that creates a little bit of anxiety for you because you know it's going to cause water to creep in where it's not supposed to be. You see it standing down in your basement. You see those wet spots or the the residue kind of left over in the garage, the crawl space, something like that. You know that's potentially a sign of a bigger problem. So it's time now to get that seen about. And that's especially true if you also see those cracks in your walls or that unsettled area down maybe the floor of your basement, something along those lines, once again, potentially a signal that you've got a real serious foundation issue that needs to be dealt with. Or maybe it's not all that serious. Uh, Really, I I don't know. I don't have the uh, capability to understand this. But our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia, they do understand all of that. They are a solutions-based company. The word solution is right there in their name. That means if they can tell you a simple fix to solve your problem, whether it be waterproofing or foundation or something like that, they're more than happy to tell you about that. But if it is a if it is a more substantial task That needs to be done all the more reason to have our friends in engineered solutions of georgia as a part of that because they've got a full team of engineers on staff to work with you really the only folks in our market who can have that level of resource working for you to help solve your problem that's what engineered solutions of georgia is all about long-time friends of ours here on dog nation daily there as well so do me a favor give them a call very easy number to remember it's 678-ESOG now that's 678-ESOG now that'll get you in touch with our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and hope you'll get ready to check them out today. All right, let me do one or two quick things here before we kind of move on. First of all, it's a Tuesday, so before we're done on today's show, great chance for us to talk to former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. There's a lot to get into with Jake. I kind of want to ask him a little bit about his sense of the inner workings of the Georgia Offensive Brain Trust right now, with the possibility that Todd Monken could be on the move, and what might happen, you know, next, in light of all of that, we'll talk to uh, Jake Fromm about some of that here coming up in just a little bit. I also want to tell you this. Um, so, I've been told, I, I wasn't aware of this. This is actually something that was new to me. I found it this morning. That later on this week, I think we're going to do this on Thursday. We have a very big announcement, a fun announcement, courtesy of our friends at Kroger, that's going to be really cool. It's something that I think a lot of you are going to want to be a part of, a uh, special chance to win coming up here. So, give me a couple of days here to kind of get the you know the eyes dotted the T's cross, but on Thursday I think we have a really fun announcement to be able to make. It's a big surprise to me, but I can't wait to unveil it to all of you. So we're gonna do that coming up on Thursday. That is gonna be a great time. We'll get ready for that then. We'll also get ready for Connor Riley here in a minute there too. And one of the things I want to get into with Connor, actually, we'll lead into that with around the doghouse here right now. Follow up to a story that we covered yesterday. I always feel like a newsman when I get to. Pop the papers here and follow up on a story we covered yesterday you may have remembered us talking about the fact that there has been all kinds of chatter out there as of late that George offensive coordinator todd munkin could be looking to return to the nfl and one of the places that's been mentioned prominently here is a team that he used to work for the tampa bay bucks and we've been trying to follow all of this and one of the things we told you yesterday was Well, lo and behold, it kind of turns out that the Bucs may also have another candidate in mind for this job, too. Kellen Moore, the former Boise State quarterback, who had been offensive coordinator in Dallas, kind of a mutual agreement to part ways there between Moore and the Cowboys. We told you yesterday that Moore was a big-time candidate to be the next offensive coordinator at Tampa. Well, if that was true, that didn't last very long, because we also found out uh, very quickly yesterday afternoon that Kellen Moore didn't have to wait very long to find a new job. He was quickly hired by the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. In fact, we'll the official announcement here from the Chargers welcoming Kellen Moore there as their offensive coordinator, which quite possibly put the spotlight back on Todd Munkin with the Tampa Bay Bucks situation. In fact, we now know that today, as I believe the interview that Munkin has with the Bucks. In fact, let me give you one more of these NFL inside reports here. This coming from Ian Rappaport who says the Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin is interviewing for the Bucs offensive coordinator job tomorrow. This was yesterday, so he means today. He says this is coming from me and uh, Mike Garofalo, the other NFL.com reporter there. He says Munkin is, listen to this phrasing now, strong candidate to take his old job with a new head coach. So at this point in time, as we talked to John Stinchcomb yesterday, I think if you're a Georgia fan, your only conclusion here is this is all very real here at the moment? the The notion that that, that Munken is, as I think the phrasing has been, kind of eyeing a return to the NFL, it seems like that's just a real thing now. Whether or not he actually is going to go, whether or not he deeply wants to go, he is at least considering this as a possibility right now. That seems to be out there, and, and maybe this is the ultimate takeaway here. If you're a Georgia fan, because consider the situation in Tampa for a moment. Now, we're not really an NFL show. Uh, We know, I'll be the first to tell you far more about college football than we do the NFL, but listen, you can't be alive on this planet without absorbing a decent amount of NFL news from time to time. And so, when you look at the situation in Tampa, here's what you know you've got a very much up in the air quarterback situation. It seems like Tom Brady's time there is likely done. You've got a situation where Todd Bowles, the head coach, did not have the world's best year this year. Maybe kind of thought to have made some shaky decisions during the playoffs. I would say that his future in Tampa is far from certain. You look at what Byron which was making from a salary standpoint, far less than what Munkin was making at Georgia. So understanding all of that kind of circumstantial evidence, uncertain future for Bowles, uh, very little in the way of an established quarterback for the future with Brady's time there likely done, money maybe even less than what uh, Munkin was making there at Georgia. That if you add all of this circumstantial evidence sort of together here, the conclusion that I think you draw on that is if, if given all of those circumstances, if Munken is still looking to go to the box, that must mean one of two things. Either he just really, really, really loved living in Tampa, which is, I guess, a possibility, or maybe the other, I guess, stronger likelihood here, which is that maybe Munkin just really, really wants to go back to the NFL. And any NFL situation is better for him than even the best college situation as a part of the two-time reigning national champions. I obviously don't know what's true on this. And I think that's the one thing that that you have to conclude from this is that really nobody knows Todd Munkin's thinking other than Munken. But at a certain point, you have to add all of this together reports of multiple NFL interviews, considering a situation like Tampa, which is probably not the rosiest in the NFL here in the moment, uh, that maybe quite possibly that is just what Munkin wants which is maybe quite possibly a return to the NFL. You at least have to consider that as a strong possibility right now, just given all that is out there. I'm actually curious to hear what Conor Riley uh, has to say about all this, because Conor does follow the NFL a lot more closely than I do. Is his read on the situation the same as mine? And oh yeah, by the way, what happens if Munkin does move on? What happens next for georgia here that's obviously an important question too so why don't we do all of that and we'll also keep our uh preview going for national signing day there as well as we welcome in connor riley here today on dog nation daily presented by engineered solutions of georgia from athens and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a DogNation.com insider so a lot to talk to you with Connor Riley about right now. Obviously, Todd Munkin's kind of been the man of the hour here, just related to all the NFL reporting that's been out there on him. And it's kind of amazing how much more, like, I guess, openness there is than what's going on in the NFL sometimes and some of the secrecy you see around college football. Uh, but nonetheless, Connor, here's what I said a moment ago, and I'm curious if you agree with me on this. The Tampa situation, to me, does not look like the rosiest in the NFL. I don't know what Todd Bowles' long-term future as head coach is there. It seems like there's really no long-term quarterback in place. Uh, This is not really a great franchise. The previous uh, offensive coordinator, uh, Byron Levitch, wasn't making tons of money that if this is a situation that Munkin is interested in, then he must just really want to go back to the uh, NFL, and he must not quite have the same romantic attachment to college football that I and many of the folks in our audience have. Do you get the same read on the situation as that?
1: Well, I think it's fair to point out he's coached there before, so he's probably familiar with the Tampa area, at least familiar with the Tampa ownership, and there is probably some you know sense of connection there that I think he is. More than comfortable with working there, but I think when you factor in the fact that he interviewed with the Baltimore Ravens last week, I kind of think the writing is on the wall at this point that you know he's probably someone who's looking to get back to the NFL, looking to get back to that lifestyle which is different than that of college football, and, and you know you understand that. And again, very successful. in in, in talking with him in the run up to both the Peach Bowl and the National Championship game, like, money is not the most important thing to him. And I know a lot of Georgia fans have pointed out that he's the highest-paid offensive coordinator in the sport, and, and I get that. But I think when you're Todd Munkin, one, you're going to be compensated well no, no matter where you go. And, and two, I, I think, you know, again, there's a desire to really prove himself. And during his past time in the NFL, of the four years he was an offensive coordinator, he was only the play caller there once. And the fact that he's going to be stepping in Working with Todd Bowles, who is primarily a defensive assistant or a defensive-minded head coach, I think he's going to have a very large voice in shaping an NFL offense, and I can understand why that would be intriguing to someone like
0: Munkin. You follow the league pretty close. Do you think there's a mystery third team that emu- uh, emerges here? Uh, you know, I'm not even sure like which offensive coordinator jobs are still open. I know a lot of them have been kind of you know filled and open and filled uh do you think there's another team that could emerge here for the and uh, services beyond the two that we know about uh tampa obviously and baltimore which there was some reporting on a couple of days ago
1: i you know i don't i get uh you know denver is still trying to find their head coach and it seems like they're keep going back to jim harbaugh well yeah. so i think that's something to monitor and follow there uh houston it sounds like they're gonna hire domico ryan's the 49ers defensive coordinator to be there head coach, so that's a defensive-minded coach, although I think Ryan, given his familiarity with the Kyle Shanahan system, is probably going to hire a Shanahan disciple there. So, you know, I know Kellen Moore just took the Chargers job, and it sounds like Mike McCarthy's going to be calling plays in Dallas, so that removes an option there. So I think really, and even Baltimore, I know they're still waiting to interview Eric Bieniemy of the Kansas City Chiefs for their offensive coordinator opening. So, I, you know, I, I think just the Tampa job makes a lot of sense for both what Munkin wants and what they're looking for in an offensive coordinator and play caller.
0: So we obviously, I think you and I both, had a good number of opportunities to talk to Munken in the last few weeks just around the Peach Bowl and the national championship. Coordinators are a little bit more available to the media than they normally are. And Munken is incredibly willing to be candid. He'll talk about pretty much anything you want to talk about, and he'll give you a very long and thorough answer to most of those questions. But like, as someone who kind of comes at this from the angle of a fan, Like the one thing it just sort of seems like Todd never really said was, Oh my gosh, I've never been happier anywhere than I've been right here at Georgia. This is the place I want to, you know, retire. It's like, it's like, you know you kind of want to hear that sort of sentimental you know emotional answer of oh my gosh you know I, I, f- I found a happiness in coaching that I've never quite had before it's like Munkin just never really gave you that any point in time over the course of the last month that I'm, I'm imagining he's enjoyed his time here he's clearly been very successful working as the Georgia offensive coordinator but for that Georgia fan who's wanted to hear that you know run it back statement of hey we ain't going nowhere we're going to just keep on building on this success like Munkin's had a thousand chances to give that to you over the course of the last month and he just hasn't done it has he
1: well he's also never been that guy I, only once in his career has he spent more than three seasons in one place and that was the Jaguars uh, wide receivers coach from 2007 to 2010 so he's always been a bit of a coaching nomad in terms of moving on and, and looking for a next challenge and looking for something new and I, I do think it's pretty interesting. Again, you know, clearly one of the best assistants in college football. You know, he was a finalist for the Boyles Award. I think if you asked Purdue fans, i would probably say he was the best assistant in college football this year. And he couldn't really sniff a head coaching uh, opening. He was never really seriously mentioned as a candidate outside of maybe the Purdue job, which he ultimately didn't end up getting. If they hire Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, and, and I wonder if that shaped the way that Munkin viewed his time in college football that, hey, you know, maybe I'm just not cut out and this is not the path for me to to become a head coach uh, in in terms of, again, he's done everything you could want from an offensive coordinator in the past two seasons, leading Georgia to a national championship. This team averaged over 500 yards a game and 40 points per game. And for him to really not be any closer to being a college head coach after three years – In a Georgia system that has produced multiple coordinators going elsewhere, I can certainly understand why you think, all right, well, if this college head coach thing isn't going to become a reality, I feel pretty comfortable that I can go back to the NFL and and have a chance there to really make an imprint on that league as a play caller. For one of the 32 NFL franchises.
0: So you mentioned Jim Harbaugh a moment ago, and I think the Harbaugh thing is interesting to me because I've tried to follow all the various interviews he seems to have had, including I guess another one with the Denver Broncos here as of late. And the best sense that I get as someone who kind of only halfway follows the NFL is, is that Harbaugh seems to be asking for something that NFL teams don't want to give, which is essentially, I guess, full control. Harbaugh doesn't seem to get along with his bosses very much, so he kind of doesn't really want a boss is the sense that I sort of get and most NFL teams don't seem all that willing to grant him that at least up until now so my point in saying all of that is this is there a chance that that maybe Todd Munkin is also asking for something in these interviews that that the NFL teams are just maybe not quite willing to give him in other words is, is maybe he following a similar path to Harbaugh where he's happy to have as many interviews as you want but his demands are higher whatever that demand might be his demand is higher than what the NFL teams are willing to grant him
1: no. Uh, I, I think Baltimore is trying to conduct a very thorough offensive coordinator search, and I think that explains, you know, again, they've interviewed Munkin, they've interviewed Eric Bieniemy, they've interviewed a lot of different people there, because I, I think they understand this is a very important hire, especially with regards to the development of Lamar Jackson, or potentially whoever their next quarterback is. Uh, I, I think one thing to keep in mind with the Denver Broncos, they've had a number of quote-unquote number one candidates that have ultimately elected to go elsewhere they thought was Miko Ryans was going to be a guy interested in going there. And, you know, again, it's a new ownership group there in Denver. And I I think there's some struggles that they're having right now with this process along with the fact that, again, they hired a first-year coach last year, Nathaniel Hackett. Could not have gone worse. Uh, Russell Wilson, you really wonder where he is at right now. And and you understand why. I I think some NFL candidates are are skittish on taking that Denver Broncos job. And it seems like the Broncos have first passed on Harbaugh, and they keep trying to circle back. And I do think, to a point, yes, you're correct in saying that he may not want the strongest you know, GM personal overhead, given what happened with him at the end of his time in San Francisco with Trent Falke. Uh, but I, to compare Munkin to Harbaugh, I, that is not a leap that I'd be willing to
0: make. Okay, so it sounds like then that you think, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so let me just ask as a question. Do you think that Todd Munkin is then going to leave Georgia?
1: I do. At this point, I do.
0: So what happens beyond that? Is the next offensive coordinator for Georgia already in some form or fashion on this staff?
1: You know, I I think there's a real possibility there. Uh, I mean, the Mike Bobo discourse is already exhausting. Um, I'm sure between now and, you know, when it comes time for Georgia to hire a new offensive coordinator, we'll get into that. Uh, Brian McClendon is also someone who you and I both came away very impressed with, and has been an offensive coordinator in the past. Uh, I think one thing to keep in mind: Don Munkin is also the quarterbacks coach at Georgia, and so Georgia is also going to have to find someone to take up that role as well. Uh, I, I'd point out, you know, Buster Faulkner. Yes, he just took the Georgia Tech job. Uh, he'd be fa- he'd be back faster than uh, you know, less. Than, you know, it takes about an hour to get from an hour and fifteen minutes sure. to get from Georgia Tech. To Athens, he'd, be, he'd, he'd make that drive in under an hour if Georgia called and said, hey, do you want to be our offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach? So, uh, you know, they've got options. And, again, I think Kirby could certainly look to the NFL level. Uh, Thomas Brown is maybe a name to know while he hasn't coached quarterbacks. Uh, he comes from the tree; He's familiar with guys on the staff. Uh, I think you could certainly see Kirby once again look to that NFL level as he did with Munkin, just because I think that from a schematic standpoint, NFL minds tend to be a little bit sharper than those of college. And so I, George is absolutely going to have options, whether they elect to remain with someone on staff or if Kirby chooses to branch out. I think Kirby has shown, especially with what he did with Munkin, who, again, when he was hired in 2020 was not some hot name and now is being interviewed to be an NFL offensive coordinator by multiple franchises. I think Kirby has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to hiring coordinators and replacing someone, especially as someone who has accomplished as much as Todd
0: Munkin has. And that's a point that I made on the show yesterday, which is that, as you said, there's already some controversy among some Georgia fans with the idea that Mike Bobo could be the replacement here. And what I've said, and Connor, it sounds like you agree with me on this, which is after two straight national championships, if Kirby Smart wanted to hire Mike Bobo as Todd Munkin's replacement, assuming that Munkin uh, does leave and he needs to be replaced – then I would say that Kirby Smart has absolutely earned the right to make this high. If he didn't already have the faith and trust of Georgia fans to make a decision like this, that after the success that Georgia's had the last couple of years – if this is the hire that Kirby wants to make he gets to make it and if for no other reason the fact that the Bobo resume is clearly at the level of what a national championship aspiring program should have and you look at what he did here in 2014 obviously I would say that his last two stops as offensive coordinator at Auburn and South Carolina weren't great but maybe the situation specific with those programs may have had some sort of impact with that he has a reputation of being a great recruiter it seems like he's pretty influential in the recruitment of Dylan Rayol as it is the uh, 2024 quarterback that that it is already a little bit controversial with some Georgia fans if Bobo were to become the guy in the event that Munkin were to leave but if this is the hire that Smart wants to make this is what you get to do after you win two straight national championships
1: right and I'm sure we can go back through the comments and why is Kirby Smart bringing in Will Muschamp uh you know failed head coach twice uh you know back in 2021 after his time at South Carolina and. Is there anyone complaining about Will Muschamp right now? No, of course not. And, and I, I, again, I, you know, look, Bubbo was at Georgia for a long time, and people are going to form long opinions of him. But, again, I, I think as you're right to point out, Kirby Smart has nailed coordinator hire, assistant coach hires. He's done a really great job, you know, Brian McClendon comes to mind there. Uh, Chidera uzo Deribe. people didn't know who he was, and he goes out and brings in three really talented uh, outside linebacker prospects. Uh, Todd Hartley, no one knew who Todd Hartley was before Georgia brought him back to the University of Georgia. So I, I think Kirby Swan has a really great eye for assistant coaches and guys that can help this program. And, and I think, as you point out, he's earned the benefit of the doubt to say, hey, this is the guy that I think – go on and make this hire. Because the one thing we do know about Kirby Snort, especially when it comes to this 2023 season, we know he's not downplaying the repeat talk that there was a season ago. Uh, moments after the national championship game, he was putting three fingers in yeah. the air. He sort of embraced this idea that, hey, we're going through a four-three-peat this year, and that's a very difficult thing to pull off. As no team since the 1930s has done that. And so he's well aware of the pressure that Georgia is on and under going into this season, and, and he knows – He's not just going to hire his friend to hire his friend. He's going to hire someone that he believes absolutely makes Georgia better. And if that Mike Bobo is that person... And I think Smart has earned the right to make that higher.
0: Well, and the other thing, too, is, is you got to imagine there's a certain professional pride that creeps in on this from the standpoint of the narrative is, oh, the Georgia offense was broken in 2019. You had to go outsource some offensive expertise in order to have the success that Georgia had after that. And I think there's a sense in which that's kind of true, is that if Georgia didn't bring in that outside voice, I don't know they would have had all the success they've had. But if you're Kirby Smart, you certainly don't want to you know, have it you know be believed that, that you are dependent on somebody kind of outside your own coaching tree or outside your kind of coaching circle as uh as being able to provide you the offensive firepower that you need so if Georgia does move on from Munkin or I should say if Munken moves on Georgia has to fi- hire a new offensive coordinator I think there's going to be a lot of motivation within this program to prove that it was more than just Todd Munkin that could make this offense work
1: well and an important thing to keep in mind and I hate this comparison But, you know, Nick Saban is so often mentioned in the same breath as Kirby Smart, you know, obviously given their time there. Of the six national championships he's won at Alabama, he's won them with a different offensive coordinator five times. And, in fact, the last four have all been with a different offensive coordinator. And so I think it's important to keep in mind that, you know, as Bucket looks to go elsewhere, like this is just the reality of of being a championship-winning program. You're going to have coordinators look to move on, and, and look to go elsewhere. And while, yes, Kirby is a defensive background and maybe you feel more comfortable and confident, he's going to be able to consistently hire great defensive coaches. I, I think you've also seen that he has been able to you know, find an offense that works for him and plays into the style that he wants to play. And, and I believe that he has shown time and time again that he's capable of hiring very good assistant coaches. That is a very important part of being a head coach. It is a big reason why Mark Rick was fired after the 2015 season because he went out and hired Brian Chot- yeah. And I think Kirby Smart is going to continue to show that he's a capable head coach and will hire the best offensive mind to get the boost out of Georgia going forward.
0: All right, let's switch gears here for a moment, if you don't mind. I talked off the top of the program but the idea that Deuce Robinson, who's clearly the name to know for Georgia on national signing day tomorrow, maybe he doesn't sign tomorrow. Maybe he commits or maybe he I – mean, who knows? It seems like there's a little bit of a growing mystery around Robinson here ahead of signing day as it relates to baseball georgia has been in a good position uh for robinson services and 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 maybe they're still the kind of the team to beat in all of this but in in terms of that pull of baseball and maybe staying kind of on the open market ahead of the Major League Baseball draft, which I I think is in June, uh, it sort of seems like that's kind of a real consideration for Robinson here at this moment. Connor, what do you make of the kind of late chatter here with obviously the biggest name that's out there for Georgia on the official conclusion to the 2023 recruiting cycle tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I I guess I'm not super surprised by this given, you know, we've heard for a while, at least in the background, that baseball has been a serious consideration for Robinson. He is a legitimate uh, Major League Baseball prospect. And if he goes out and has a really strong spring playing baseball, again, the whole reason he's not enrolling early is because he wanted to continue to play baseball for his high school out there in Phoenix. Uh, You know, you can see how he develops into a a star prospect. and, And, you know, look, people will talk NIL. There's no competing NIL money when it comes to Major League Baseball draft money. And so if a Major League Baseball team very much values and wants uh, Robinson to, to pursue that route, they will absolutely encourage that and say, hey, this is something that is very much open to you. If I had to make a prediction right now, I'd probably say that Robinson doesn't sign, but it may in fact end up committing. I'm not saying that's going to happen tomorrow, but I think that's ultimately where this ends up. And and Georgia's seen this before. You know, Roquan Smith famously didn't sign a national letter of intent there. And so I think that does keep things open and, and, and make it also clear that baseball is a very important thing two Robinson going forward. And I know, you know, again, traditionally when Georgia recruits someone in football and they say, yeah, they want to play two sports, no one maybe takes it all that seriously. I think maybe this is a sign from Robinson that yes, I very seriously have a baseball career as well should I choose to pursue it. It's a
0: little bit different for Georgia. You know, we see this kind of a thing with like other programs in mean, Alabama's kind of tolerated the two sport thing before. I think Auburn just offered uh, Mike Matthews as a big time 2024 prospect in both football and basketball that that a lot of other programs kind of use the two sport recruiting pitch as a way of saying this is how much we value you georgia because of the fact that it famously asks a lot from its football players does not seem to be as interested in a lot of this kind of stuff but is this a case where deuce robinson's just so talented that you have to have a little bit more tolerance for a lot of interest in another sport so much so that robinson i think has said he wants to play in major league baseball one day along with the nfl is this one of those things where you have to kind of tolerate the two sport thing with robinson more because of just simply how talented he is
1: yeah, and I think you do that on the front end, and then maybe when he gets here, he realizes, hey, maybe I can't play both of these sports and he's going to have to ultimately make a decision there. Uh, and that's just sort of the reality of things. But, you know, like Rylan Godey, who I know is just recently transferred to Mississippi State, he tried to play both baseball and football at Georgia, but that didn't really end up materializing because he got hurt. So, I, and, and there's some similarities there, especially with both of them being you know large large frame tight ends who also have the uh, potential to play baseball, and Gody did in high school as well there. So, uh, you know, there are some similarities there, but again, I, you know, we'll see. And I, I ultimately think he's going to do one or the other. I don't think he's going to do both at the college level. Uh, and and so it's either he comes to Georgia to play football or I ultimately think he is drafted high in the Major League Baseball draft and elects to go play
0: baseball. And then I'll finish with this, you know, maybe, and this is probably spin zone a little bit, but but it seems to be true, is that you know, with all of the rumors that are out there about you know, and it doesn't seem like Georgia's pursuit of Deuce Robinson has slowed down at all. And that's a little bit uncertain about what's going to happen here. But it doesn't seem like the Monkin thing is that big of a factor in all of this. It seems like the Georgia relationship with Dylan Rayola has kind of emerge during a time in which the, cert, the the future has seemed more uncertain for Todd Monk. And so if you're a Georgia fan, do you take some comfort in the idea that your offensive recruiting efforts don't seem to be have have been harmed all that much by the fact that there is at least a pretty good chance your offensive coordinator is no longer with this program. If you're a UGA fan, do you take some security in the fact that's not really hurting you in recruiting here right now?
1: Yeah, it speaks to what Kirby Smart has built, that it, this program, other than maybe Smart, is bigger than just one person or one coach. Uh, and look, there are a lot of great coaches on that Georgia staff, in addition to Todd Munkin, who all have a hand in the way that offense is designed. And while, obviously, Munkin is the bell cow, you know, Mike Bobo played a role in this offense this year in the way it was shaped. Uh, Ryan Williams, a graduate assistant, played a role in the way this offense was conducted this season. Buster Faulkner did as well. Todd Hartley, Brian McClendon, Del McGee, they all have a hand in the way this offense is designed. And... Again, you know, look, as long as Georgia continues to have great position coaches here, like a McClendon, like a Todd Hartley, uh, there's a lot to like about what Georgia is and what Georgia is going to continue to be going into the future. And, and look, Georgia won two national championships. Yes, Todd Munkin played a huge part in both of those. But we always knew this day was going to come or Munkin was going to move on. I think if you would, again, you know, I said this at the beginning of last offseason – If I told you at the beginning of the season that Georgia was going to win another national championship, you probably would have expected Todd Munkin to get hired elsewhere. Uh, I I think most of us probably would have thought it would have been a college head coaching job. But the fact that it's the NFL, you know, again, given his background, isn't all that surprising. And so that's just sort of the reality of that comes when you are one of the best programs in college football. Other programs, in in this case, NFL franchises, are going to try and hire away your your coaches, your top lieutenants, and it's up to you to continue to find a way to be successful after that happens. They've done that in the past, and I hate to break it to people, but they're going to continue to do it in the future after Todd Munkin as well.
0: All right, Connor, great stuff. Look forward to reading a whole bunch more from you here at uh, dognation.com. You've been following all this very, very closely. We appreciate that, and always a great chance to get your uh, thoughts here on this show there as well, and we'll look forward to doing with you again next week at the same time.
2: Yep, as always, it was a pleasure.
1: Let's take a look around the rest of the league.
2: This
0: is SEC Fruit. Yeah, so very interesting to follow all of this. And as I said before, you know maybe you do take some comfort in that. And this comes across as spin zone. I I, I get that a, a little bit. But in terms of how Georgia is viewed, even though I think most Georgia fans would say, hey, Todd Munkin's been a big part of the success that Georgia has had. He is not viewed, apparently, as this irreplaceable piece on the part of a lot of the recruits that want to be a part of this program. Not necessarily Deuce Robinson, not necessarily Dylan Rayola, not necessarily others. There is a Georgia machine that's in place that's bigger than really any one coach. And I, I think that's Im- important to keep in mind here as Munkin potentially gets ready to make a decision that'll you know cause him to leave the University of Georgia. We'll obviously keep following this and we'll also be on the lookout for a potential swerve in all of this that ends up with Munkin kind of staying at University of Georgia I guess that's a possibility there as well we'll talk to Jake Fromm about a lot of this coming up here in just a moment the former Georgia quarterback prior to that though let's go cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean when i was a little bit sick what was it was it last week has it been more than that now it seems like it's hard to remember uh, one of our uh, viewers in our video comment section said he thinks i was just having a little bit of cruiseitis getting excited about taking a royal caribbean cruise vacation could quite possibly be true i'm obviously counting down the days we're actually just a couple of weeks away from big family vacation here and i'm looking forward to that it's one of those things where hey i love my job and i love the fact i get to come in here and talk football with all of you and it's obviously been a such a fun season for georgia rolling its way through 15 and 0 and uh you know go for two and 22 and a back-to-back dog national championship type situation but when when all that's done especially when you start factoring in some of the other stuff that we all have going on in our lives away from college football here right now when all that's kind of settling down and slowing down, having a chance to have a little bit of a vacation, that feels really, really good too. So I'm really, really looking forward to uh, my Royal Caribbean cruise vacation coming up with my family. And of course, looking forward to being on board with so many of you for our Dog Nation cruise coming up in April. In fact, a, a great name to know for all this is my friend Jessica Slater, terrific travel agent, specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean for your Royal Caribbean cruise vacation needs. Great travel agent makes the entire experience better. So trust Jessica on that, the same way that my family does when it comes to our own travel needs there as well. You can call her 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. Or you can uh, check out a website that she's put together specifically for you. It's called RoyalDogs.com. That's RoyalDogs.com for more information on the Dog Nation cruise and whatever other Royal Caribbean cruise vacation needs you might be having here right now. All right, let's talk about the Alabama coordinator search here for a moment because there is a couple of interesting things that's out there and listen every now and then i get my tinfoil hat on and i get sort of conspiratorial i'm probably going to be a little conspiratorial here for you just for a minute so there are some reports coming out of tuscaloosa that todd grantham is a very serious candidate to be alabama defensive coordinator i believe we asked on yesterday's show whether or not that was real or not would they really consider todd grantham we said we didn't know well in the sort of intervening you know moments since then it sort of seems like the Grantham thing to Alabama by appearances anyway is starting to feel a little bit more real that Grantham could be the defensive coordinator higher there now I think this kind of tells me two things here for a moment kind of follow me on this Obviously, Jeremy Pruitt's unemployed. He's out there. Pruitt was a successful defensive coordinator in Alabama's past. He and Saban have, I think, kind of a close relationship. Like, Pruitt is just out there to be hired if he can be hired. And the fact that they have not done this yet would maybe lead you to believe that maybe they're not quite so sure they can hire Pruitt because of whatever you know, sort of extenuating circumstance still exists from his time there at Tennessee, which obviously came to an end because of an NCAA investigation. There's some, there's quite possibly some NCAA baggage connected to Pruitt that makes him unhireable in this situation. I don't know that to be true, but certainly if, if Pruitt's been out there, if that's the kind of hire that most Alabama fans would probably think is a pretty good hire and they're not making it, then you're left to conclude well there must be a reason and this just sort of seems like it's likely that reason. Which sort of brings you back to Grantham now here is my conspiracy theories relates to Todd Grantham while I would love for Alabama to hire Grantham ultimately I don't believe they're probably going to do this and what I believe they're actually probably doing here is floating Grantham as a possibility to make almost anybody else sound better I don't think it's going to be Jeremy Pruitt because if it was going to be Jeremy Pruitt they probably would have just already hired Jeremy Pruitt uh, unless they're really waiting from some sort of back channel thumbs up on all of this but but Pruitt's out there there's very little friction from keeping Alabama from hiring him if they wanted to do it but apparently they're just not going to do it because the the baggage may be too much as it relates to that So for the person they do hire, if you float the idea of Todd Grantham, a guy who was an obvious failure at the job of defense, according to the SEC level, going back to his time at at Florida, I think at Mississippi State prior to that, like Todd Grantham does not have a great reputation. And so if you're floating Grantham as the guy, well, you end up hiring somebody else. and Maybe it's just a less famous person, because there is a chance here that uh, Alabama just has to hire someone who's kind of not all that famous for a job like this. But that person immediately seems like a better coach because he's at least he's not Todd Grantham. In fact, that may be what like, you know, like the lower third thing that's on the video screen when you're watching something. That just may be what it what it says when they hire their new defensive coordinator, hey, at least it's not Todd Grantham. And most Alabama fans be like, yeah, I guess that's that's probably true here. That 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 kind of might be the case on all of that 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 the grantham name i believe this is kind of conspiratorial of me but i believe the grantham name is being floated as a way of making the actual hire sound a little more palpable to uh, alabama fans on that i'll also mention the offense side of the ball you know speaking of not super famous guys but maybe kind of a good hire it looks like alabama has had uh, a little bit of a connection here with ryan grubb that's the washington offensive coordinator uh that's a guy i mean the huskies pretty good on offense this past year obviously Michael Penix was the quarterback there and he had some success and Penix actually coming back but if you go like Grubb you have a chance to go work at Alabama clearly that's something you might be interested in doing so this is an example of kind of what the offensive coordinator talent pool sort of looks like right now grubb i think had a pretty good season at washington but he's not super famous it's not going to be universally allotted as a home run hire it might be a good hire you know clearly grubbs had some success but a very different level than what exists in the sec but for georgia who might also be kind of considering its own potential offensive coordinator search here coming up that in terms of like a whole bunch of like obvious can't miss names i mean if alabama's turning to ryan grubb it sort of tells you that the list of like super famous names is just not necessarily out there in any kind of real huge way. Uh, we'll mention National Signing Day here for a moment there as well. That's obviously tomorrow, and there is some interest beyond just what happens with Georgia and five-star tight end Deuce Robinson. You know, tomorrow maybe a day we find out about Jaden Rashada's future. It seems like it's been kind of TCU Arizona State for him. Obviously, I think there'd be a lot of interest if a guy like Rashada landed at TCU. I don't know that he'd be expected to sort of step in as the immediate starter there. It sounds like they've got a guy in place for 2023, but Kendall Bryles just hired his offensive coordinator. I think that's a pretty good hire. It uh, sounds like there's some wide receiver talent in that program here right now. Uh, Rashada landing in Fort Worth would probably be a pretty big deal. But here's the other thing I think the Rashada News should tell you if it does go down this way. That the idea of the $13 million NIL payment allegedly that's supposed to take place in Florida, that that's just no truth to that whatsoever. Because if Florida can't come up with the money, but you're worth something close to that, then you're taking a big deal to go somewhere else and the fact that the only school the only two schools we really saw emerge as a real possibility for Rashad at all once the Florida thing fizzled was a TCU as an Arizona state so it sort of gives you an idea that if Rashad was promised 13 million by Florida then it's his fault for believing that to be real because they never had a chance to pay that and apparently nobody else in contention for Rashad had anywhere close to that number there as well the idea that he's potentially landing at a, at a TCU or an Arizona State I think tells you all you need to know about that. I'll also mention this here too. Um, uh, I think a name to watch tomorrow is Nicholas Harbour. Very interesting athlete. Big guy. Runs really well. We don't really know what position he's going to play in college. Could be a defensive tight guy. Could be a tight end. Very, very, you know, probably more of an athlete right now than a football player. But this has a chance to be a win for South Carolina tomorrow. They've been on the Harbour recruitment for a long time. Oregon's a factor here late and obviously Oregon won a bunch back prior to the December signing day kind of down at the wires so maybe Oregon also wins with Harbor here too he's a guy that's going to run track and I think has a future potentially even being like Olympian or something like that like, this is a real big time track star but for South Carolina who you know had some momentum on the field this year but obviously lost a lot of guys in the transfer portal once the season concluded To get that big recruiting win that kind of validates some of what they've done on the field, Harbor, I think, could be a chance to do some of that. So that's a name uh, worth watching. They will make that. Cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And As we're getting ready to speak to uh, Jake Fromm here live on the uh, show, I'll also shout out something that Connor Riley made mention of, too. I I meant to mention this during the show and just simply uh, forgot to include it, which is the fact that Ryland Goatey, the former Georgia tight end, he and his, I guess, now fiancé, on their way to Mississippi State. So, Goatee's the perfect example, I believe, of what the transfer portal is really supposed to be all about. You know, guys that only get one shot to play, and you want to make the most of your college eligibility and your college experience, and obviously Ryland came to Georgia with a lot of fanfare, very good recruit. He's dealt with some injuries, but he's also dealt with a situation which Georgia, from a tight end standpoint, has just become about the deepest program in the country ever anybody ever could be when it comes to tight end position. And that's obviously hurt Godie's chances for playing time here. And so you move on to a place like Mississippi State as a way of furthering your college dreams. So I wish Rowan the best as he gets ready to do that. And we wanted to make mention that here for a moment. But for now on Dog Nation Daily, let's do a Kroger Fresh Take and let's get ready to welcome in the great former Georgia quarterback, uh, Jake Fromm, who's always such a fun voice to have as a part of our program. Jake, we appreciate you being with us and hope you're doing great today.
2: Hey, Brandon. Doing good, man. Happy to be here. Let's go.
0: I'm glad to have you with us. I guess let me ask you this. What do you make of some of the stuff that's out there with Todd Munkin right now, considering a move to the NFL? It seems like this is pretty real. Uh, I guess how seriously do you take this for Georgia, the idea they could be looking for an offensive coordinator again soon?
2: Yeah, I think it's a really big deal. I mean, Coach Munkin's come in, done an unbelievable job. Um, and it doesn't matter, like, the pieces. I mean, he's put great pieces around him. He's recruited well. And obviously, schematically, he can compete on the field scoring a ton of point so he's going to be a very tough person to replace hopefully we don't have to hopefully we can retain him um but i mean we'll see i mean uh it does look like he's getting pretty serious and hopefully they can stick around
0: so one of the things that comes up in a discussion like this is the difference between college and the nfl and you're a guy that obviously had great success as a longtime starter in college you've started games in the nfl you're part of an nfl franchise in washington there too when you look at your offensive coaching staff the coordinator here in particular. You know, what makes the job of offensive coordinator in the NFL so much different than college? And for a guy like Munkin, why would he maybe be attracted to go back to that level and maybe get away from the recruiting and some of the stuff that you have to do at the college level? From your perspective, having kind of been in both leagues, you know, how do you see the job differently?
2: Yeah, I think it's a lot to do with, uh, I mean, lifestyle, um, putting together just a – I mean, it's fun for those guys, for those coaches – uh, week in and week out, um, getting to work with professional athletes, the best of the best. Um, and the lifestyle is really good. You know, you don't have to recruit. You don't have to worry about all this NIL stuff. Um, put up with the transfer portal. Hey, you're going to put together your squad. You know what your squad is um, after training camp. And then uh, you go play. You go play football. It's uh, 16, 17, 18 weeks now, and um, you, you get to play in the playoffs. So I think lifestyle is a really big part of it and get to play and coach the best of the best.
0: I don't know how well you know these guys just because I know you you know obviously you try to be as close to the program as you can but you've had your own football career to think about but you know also working there with Munkin at Georgia in recent years we've had guys like Buster Faulkner who maybe surprised some when he left go be tech offensive coordinator a guy like Mike Bobo, who was at Georgia before you got there and then Georgia again after you've gone but I don't know how much you've kind of crossed paths with with him in your own you know football life and there's this thought of, well, if maybe Munkin ever moved on, you do have a guy that's kind of waiting the wings that could kind of step back into that role again. You know, I guess what do you think about that possibility with Boba, who's still here, with a guy like uh, uh, Faulkner, who had been here, about the notion that maybe if Georgia needed a new offensive coordinator, it wouldn't have to look, you know, beyond what has kind of already been on its coaching staff to be able to do that?
2: Look, uh, Coach Amart is, is the best for a reason. Um, he understands uh, – I mean, players move around and coaches move around as well. He's put together a phenomenal staff, especially in the quarterback room. I mean, there were a ton of coaches involved uh, in coaching quarterbacks, being involved in uh, the schematics week in and week out. So um, I, there's definitely plenty of guys and candidates already working for the team and uh, and, and guys who would be ready and, and ready to step up and, and take over the offense. So, of course, already had, I'm sure, a plan in place just in case. He's always – mark always a couple steps ahead so he's already
0: ready for that we were talking a little earlier about a five-star tight end named deuce robinson who might come to george but also is a very good baseball player and you know he you know he might even hold out for the major league baseball draft has a chance to be a first round pick you're obviously a really good baseball player in in high school how much thought did you ever give at the time to hey you know maybe i might try to play both sports or was this one of those situations for you where football was kind of a first love or maybe you just sort of realized that playing at a place like the sec trying to be a quarterback that's such a difficult challenge that i better just sort of keep my sole focus where it is did you ever consider the idea that you might try to play another sport while you were in college
2: yeah it was definitely talked about a lot during the recruiting process Uh, i thought about it a little bit definitely once i got there during the spring uh, during baseball season uh and then football season came around uh, we played a very long season uh rose bowl national championship uh, and then uh, I never once thought about it again. I'm like, man, this was the longest football season of my entire life. I just want a break. Um, and then, of course, we got back rolling again with uh, you know with all season programs. So uh, I've mean, had never once thought about it again. And uh, I was I was just okay playing football.
0: It's one of those things where uh, Kirby just sort of lays it out there for you, lets you make that decision for yourself. Once you realize how much actually goes into all of this.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Chris Martin does a, a good job of recruiting good guys. And so if guys want to play, hey, go for it. But it's definitely going to be tough.
0: Well, listen, Jake, it's great to have you here as part of our Kroger Fresh Tech. I'll also remind folks, as uh, we got you on the uh, phone here, that Kroger's got a great opportunity here for you right now that you can go digital and save so much with your local Kroger here right now. You can create an account on the Kroger app or on the website at Kroger.com and uh, start saving big with exclusive digital coupons. You go to Kroger.com slash sign up for more on that. That's Kroger.com slash sign up for a lot more on that. Jake, we appreciate you being here as a part of our program today. Always love getting your insight into the things that are going on with UGA. And obviously, we'll look forward to talking to you again as a part of our Kroger uh, Fresh Take here coming up very soon there as well. Yes, sir, Brandon. Thank you for having me. Good stuff there from Jake Fromm talking about, listen, hey the idea of playing both sports and you may think it sounds like a good idea when you're in high school but when you actually get to that college level uh not the easiest thing to try to pull off and also some interesting insight on jake from jake about what what georgia kind of looks like kind of a post todd monken world if that indeed becomes the case but obviously as jake acknowledges a big part of that success story for uh for georgia there too uh the stuff with todd monken and what he's been able to do there for that georgia offense so fun stuff with jake from as a part of our Kruger fresh take there today And as we get ready to wrap up, speaking of former Georgia quarterbacks, obviously Stetson Bennett remains in the news here a little bit. Our uh, buddy Army Dog Charlie sent this to me on Twitter. (laughs) I don't know if I should be laughing at this or not, but I do think it's kind of funny. So he shares this from a guy named Mike Cloud, who uh, tells the story of Stetson Bennett being asked after his arrest what it was that he was drinking. And he said, listen, I didn't have too much to drink. And he said, I only had two natties, but they were back to back, which is pretty funny i have to admit i have to admit uh pretty funny there uh obviously a reference to the maybe possibly the natural light but also the uh, natty meaning national championship so i appreciate army dog charlie for sharing that with me and we'll make him a golden shoe winner for that here today uh pretty funny stuff what is not funny if you're a lousy stinking gator is what you have coming your way 270 days from right now. We believe a good Georgia fan is a Gator hater, first and foremost, and we believe Florida's going to beat down coming. That is our Gator Hater Countdown. We'll see all of you back here tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We will look forward to talking to you then. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews Podcast Cool Down. We'll take your comments here on Twitter at Dog Nation Daily or in the comments section at DogNation.com. And I'll admit, I've been a little bit sporadic with our uh, podcast cool down as of late. I apologize for that. I'm going to try to get back on a more normal schedule there. Uh, Tom Bomadil, if I'm saying this correctly, writes in at dognation.com. But the idea that Mike Bobo could be Georgia's next offensive coordinator in the event that Georgia needs a new offensive coordinator says that Mike Bobo has got no imagination. He proved that while under Mark Rick. The game was closed. It was run the ball up the middle three times and punt. Give the other team a chance to win, which they usually did. Bobo is the antithesis of Munkin. It would be a disaster having Bobo as offensive coordinator. Surely Smart realizes this. Part of the reason all those good teams mark Richt to coach underachieved, was because of Bobo's conservative and unimaginative play calling. So, like, I think that you're allowed to have, like, whatever opinion you want to have. Obviously, it's kind of a fool's errand for me to try to convince you of, uh, you know, anything that you don't want to be convinced of. But here is the one thing that I would say, and I say this with all due respect to anybody and their difference opinion or anything like that. Else like that, like Tom used the word disaster. That if that if Georgia were to hire Mike Bobo as offensive coordinator this off season, it'd be a disaster. I would humbly submit, and I mean this literally, I would humbly submit that nothing can be a disaster when you're the back-to-back national champions. I, I just would submit that nothing rises to the level of being. I'm talking about on the field here, obviously. That nothing rises to the level of being a true disaster when you've had the kind of success that Georgia has had, and that. That maybe leaning on some of that success as a way of kind of conjuring your own happiness, you know, would help maybe get over the idea that Kirby kind of views the Bobo era at Georgia maybe differently than some of you do. If he indeed does, we don't exactly know what Georgia would do in the event that it needs to to replace Todd Munkin. But, you know, Kirby clearly wants to be successful. Um, and if he views Mike Bobo as someone who can contribute to that success and if your opinion on that is different than Kirby's that may be leaning on the fact that, hey, Georgia's won the last two national championships, and so therefore I'm just going to sort of choose to be happy. You know, that might be the right way to do this. And listen, I'm not saying that you don't have a right to an opinion or you don't have a right to kind of, you know, have a preference here for Georgia. But, you know, still being this upset about the Bobo era, whatever you think of that was, and I'm not really quite so sure that the actual facts line up with what Tom's saying there, but still being this upset about the Bobo era – on the heels of having georgia having won two national championships i just don't know that's a i don't i don't know that's an an effective strategy for a happy life mitt 302 writes in to say after listening to your show today this is going back to yesterday mainly about todd munkin i'll dovetail on one of your commenters then i believe that kirby brought bobo in uh with the idea that um that when munkin moves on that bobo might replace him yeah, maybe that was part of the plan. I just don't know. I mean, was it easy to assume maybe that Munken might be a short-term answer here for a number of reasons, just given the track record that uh, that uh, Munken had had prior to coming to Georgia? It's quite possible. It's quite possible, indeed. Uh, obviously, we know that Bobo has turned down other on-field jobs as a way of staying in Georgia. So, so maybe he's had his eye on being offensive coordinator here. That's entirely possible too. But. In the event that Munkin leaves, I would also say it is still a possibility that Georgia might look to hire somebody else from outside the program. That's at least a possibility there, too. Will Reed also writes in to say, thinking about the offensive coordinator situation, he says, wouldn't Del McGee be in line for the Georgia position prior to Mike Bobo? Because of the uh, of the fact that he's been here, obviously, at Georgia longer, maybe, maybe that is the case, you know, in the case of actually being a play caller, I think the next offensive coordinator for Georgia needs to be someone who has true play calling experience. But if I'm Del McGee, and I said this on our video show today, if I'm Del McGee, I'm looking to become a head coach. I don't know that I want to stop over at offensive coordinator anywhere. I mean, he's already making pretty good money as a position coach here. You know, I think it stands to reason that that McGee could potentially put himself in a position to be head coach somewhere. And I think that offensive coordinator is the sort of career detour that could potentially derail all that. Because being an offensive coordinator is hard, and maybe McGee be the best there ever was. But anytime you kind of put your hands in your sort of play calling fate, you're kind of opening things up to. I mean, play calling is just sort of a tricky thing to do. In the case of McGee, you know, you know, we know his leadership, we know his recruiting ability, we know that he's an easy person to sort of put forth as the face of your program that maybe the next career move for McGee is not to be offensive coordinator at a place like Georgia but be head coach somewhere like you know Charles Huff was Alabama running backs coach left that job to go be Marshall head coach maybe a guy like McGee could travel a similar path in his own career and find McGee maybe that's the way I'm kind of thinking here uh at least possibility anyway so that is our podcast cool down presented by RS Andrews find him online rsandrews.com if you're worried about your heating system and keeping you warm here for the rest of the winter, go ahead and get that peace of mind you need by getting it tuned back up to factory fresh specs. It only costs 99 bucks. You can find out more about that online at rsandrews.com. You'll have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We'll look forward to talking to you then.